Welcome to this week's episode of Soccer Neophytes Podcast. We had some thrilling last-minute victories. The North London team staked their claim for Europe. We've got an exciting FA Cup semifinals. And why Premier League officials are the worst. Gentlemen, how's it going? It's going all right. Going well, man. How are you doing? Well, guys, it's been a couple of days after a horrible defeat. I was actually able to start watching soccer again, uh, but it it honestly took me it took me to today to watch any replays of the Wolves match. <laughs> that was a brutal one. I tried to watch Middlesbrough Chelsea uh, on Saturday, and it was just too soon. I I couldn't <laughs> do it. We were also sick this weekend. Um, we were supposed to Kyle and I were supposed to watch that match together, but uh, my whole family got the the stomach bug this weekend, and so we were we were out of it. And and I would liken the like trying to watch soccer again was like trying to eat food again after you threw it up like recently (laughs) that's that's how it felt like trying to watch watch soccer after after that debacle uh by wolves on on saturday or on friday that's a that's a vivid comparison there were several years ago i had i had this korean barbecue beef jerky have you guys heard of this Mm-mm. it's beef jerky that that's flavored like korean barbecue so gotta love jerky and you love korean barbecue so combine the two sounds amazing so i had some of that and then and and i watched um the social network i'd missed it so i watched it it was like years after it had come out but that night i had the worst like food poisoning i don't know what reaction to it so to this day, whenever I see reference to that movie, I just get sick to my stomach <laughs> and I have not gone anywhere near Korean beef uh, jerky since then. So I was I was really hoping the end of that story was you can never watch the social network without throwing up. But you love <laughs> Korean barbecue beef jerky. That's yes. Where I was yes. hoping that was going. <laughs> and I've never been able to use Facebook again. So my life is happy. <laughs> That's yeah. Let me tell you what you're missing out on then. (laughs) Oh man, I almost made a really strong political statement, but we'll save that for our other spinoff podcast about politics. Um, Okay, well, let's just jump into it. I do think, well, at least for the for our podcast, the leads, and probably for most of the Premier League uh, world that leads come back as it's described, which, and I guess is also by definition, what it was leads come back over wolves first time in wolves history. They've given up a two nil lead, not in history in, in their premier league history that they've given up a two goal lead. Uh, very sad. Um, but if I try and be a neutral a little bit, very exciting for leads. I do like leads. I'm happy that they um, have created a lot of distance and looks like they'll probably stay up. Um, but gentlemen, it was 
there are so many things about this match that make it heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. The first is that for 50 minutes, Wolves played the best I've seen them all year. It was exciting. There were, they scored obviously the two goals. They had one off the post. They had another chip shot that Raul missed. I mean, they, they legitimately could have had four or five. It could have been four or five, nothing at halftime. And, and even coming out the second half there, they were looking fairly good. And, and then the red or the yellow, uh, the second yellow to Raul and, before I talk any more about it, both of you guys have seen that. And, and as neutral fans, I'm curious to know, um, I've seen the stats. I've seen kind of some of the pushback online, um, by wolves and non wolves fans alike, but I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are. Should that have been a second yellow on Raul for clattering into Melier? Um, for me, if I'm the ref, no, but I have a three and a half year following of this sport uh-huh. and I'm probably not exactly the best person. And I have in those three and a half years on multiple occasions on this podcast, I'm on the record. I don't understand the calls on these 50, 50 balls, to be honest with you. Um, if the ball is completely free and the keeper comes outside of their box to go after it, and there's a collision. I don't know how you can just punish one player who's part of the collision. I guess I would understand it better if one player clearly got there first and then gets run over by the other player. I can understand that. But when it's a legitimate 50-50 ball, they arrive at the same time. How you penalize either player in either in those situations, I'll never understand. And it happens in basketball a lot, too. You see balls that go into the backcourt, two guys going after it, and they're wrestling with each other, and the wrestler just call a foul on one of them. And it's like, it's a free ball. Like, they both have the right to the ball. So I I struggle with these. I've struggled with these all the time. Um, From what my experience in watching this is, is that they always lean in favor of protecting a goalie over anyone else on the pitch. So I do wonder, had that been just the defender and not the goalie, are we talking about something completely different? And if that's the case, then I think it's an even more unjustifiable call um, because one player shouldn't have any precedence over another. Um, I guess with the exception of it, if it's in the keeper's box, there's a different set of standards, a different set of rules that we can then judge by. But when the keeper is 20 yards outside his box, going after a ball and there's a collision. I just, I think they lose their protection as goalies or should lose their protection as goalies. And they are just nothing more than another defender on the pitch, trying to play the ball in that case. So for me, I think it's a BS call for Wolves fans. I'm sure you guys all agree with me, Um, but unbiased, just watching the game. I'm like, I don't get it. I'll never get that call. Well, and I think one thing that's interesting that, I hadn't thought about until you kind of brought it up, but even more so if a goal, if a keeper's coming that far out of the box, it's because he's the last one there. 
So even more so like it's almost, and this isn't true, but it's almost like denying a goal scoring opportunity in some ways. Right. Because if he doesn't come out, Raul's got one-on-one with the keeper, you know, probably for a goal. Now I think Melier does the right thing. Like that's what he should do. He should come and attack the ball. That's what Jose saw does all the time. He's always leaving the box to come out and, and get the ball. But, but then for wolves have such an advantage, such a great pass coming down with Raul going after that ball for that, then to, to result in what it did and, and really dramatically change the outcome of the game. Tim, what were your thoughts? Yeah, same. I mean, I don't, I don't fully understand the rules. It seems like it was two guys going for it in earnest. Like it didn't seem like either of them were being, were intending to injure another person. Like it seemed like they were both genuinely going for the ball and it looked like they just hit each other. So um, yeah. So I don't understand. (laughs) I guess I don't understand that. Like the protection of the keeper when he's that far out. Um, I'm pretty sure it was, it was after the game they interviewed Luke Ayling and they asked him about it and which it was like, he was just celebrating this incredible win. I'm sure he's a little frustrated to like be answering questions about the rebel red card. But um, I think his response was something like, well, it seemed, it seemed fair to me um, to send him off, but if I was on the other side, I'd probably see it differently. So like that to me was a pretty big admission, right? Like whether that, whether that's him saying it could go either way or him saying we got away with one, you know, Totally. So I thought it was an interesting response. Well, and I teased in the, in the podcast or in the, in the bumper, um, how the premier league referees are the worst in the world. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually true, but, but in Europe, the NBA takes offense to that in, well, and I'm talking about soccer, but in Europe, it seems to be that, that they really are not good. Um, it's, from what I've, what I hear is that a lot of the other, the other countries have their VAR situation sorted a lot better, um, you know, offsides. I mean, one of the other just like tragic parts of this game is Bamford goes off injured. He's just come back. Um, and, and it happens on an offsides call where Bamford is like clearly yards offsides. And the, the line judge doesn't raise his flag. So Bamford just stretches for a ball uh, and looks like he pulls his hammy or something. I don't know what happened, but he leaves the pitch in tears. And, you know, like the line judges are allowing these offsides plays to run, which is fine if it's close. Let, let VAR solve it if it was a mistake. But when they're clearly that far offsides, the line judges aren't, aren't raising their flags. And, and I, I even heard, I don't know if this is true. And this is all just building a case against uh, premier league refereeing, but I heard that champions league rarely chooses English officials for their important matches. So we'll have to watch that as it comes down. Now that we're in the quarterfinals of champions league, we'll have to look and see how many English referees get, get called. But um seems like kind of an old boys club and they're just bad. They're, they're not good at their job. And Kevin friend is, is one of the worst. Um, that's who is officiating this. And he's, uh, 
which is even more remarkable in the midweek, he made an egregious error in a championship game so bad that he had to come out and issue an apology like that. (laughs) Referees never issue apologies, right? Like (laughs) ever. And so the fact that he issued an apology and then like comes out and just has another stinker is, is just beyond me. Well, did you hear the news that came out this morning? Uh, Mike Dean is retiring at the end of the season. Oh, praise God. Uh, well, hold that because <laughs> <laughs> he's retiring as a Premier League referee to take up a full-time position in the VAR role. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, but if, hey, listen, I don't like him, but if, if, his, if a full-time role in VAR, if he's the one VAR, or if they somehow create like a central command center, like we've talked about where they're making all the VAR calls and there's consistency. I would, I would prefer that to the inconsistency. It would be better for the game. It would be better for the game. Yeah. Because isn't the, the onsite VAR official, just another referee who's just at the game watching it. Like, I don't think they have like a, a command center, right? Like it's no, an on site in. Yeah. They do have someone who's VR VAR for that match. Yeah. Right. And I think they're just, they're referees, just not officiating the game. Are they just up in a booth somewhere or where are yeah. they? Yeah. I'm or in the sure. bowels Stu, of the stadium. Stu, this is your area to fact check us. <laughs> <laughs> but well, speaking of Stu, the other part of the, the Raul second yellow that really, that really, hurts is that he doesn't have to give the yellow right there he can sub that's part of var's job he could call a foul or whatever and var can increase a a foul to a, a card or even increase a yellow to a red but what var can't do and this is this is where we've we've brought Stu in so let me just have Stu explain Okay, let's try to clear this one up. With VAR, it was brought in to get rid of clear and obvious errors. And what happened on Friday night was a clear and obvious error. But because it was a yellow card, VAR cannot get involved. Why? Because the problem is VAR can't get involved in yellow cards in terms of cancelling them out. The only time it can get involved in yellow card incidents is to upgrade them to reds. So we've seen it quite a few times where the refs give a yellow card and then on review it's been worse than he thought and he does the little hand motion, cancel the yellow, upgrade to a red. Obviously if there's a red card that shouldn't have been a red card like we had at Brentford away earlier in the season which wasn't even a foul, then on review that can be cancelled. But yellow cards cannot be cancelled by VAR. So even though Raul got sent off and it's a red card offence, because what led to that being a red card was a yellow, VAR are powerless to do anything at all, which is nonsense. And wouldn't surprise me at all if this is reviewed in the summer, because 
these things seem to happen with Wolves involved. I mean, we had the handball rule change because of Bolly scoring against Man City in our first year back. Um, so, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. But, yeah, the reason why VAR could not get involved in that was because the referee gave a yellow card straight away. If he gave a red, then it would have been looked at and probably rescinded because he was silly. But because he gave a yellow, which led to a red, VAR were powerless to stop do anything at all. So, refereeing incompetence yet again. <laughs> refereeing incompetence once again. Uh, that's brutal. Like, that is. You kind of feel like if they can review red cards, why can't they review the yellow that makes it a red card? It is a red card. Now Raul is going to miss the next game because he's suspended because he got a red card. Yeah. Yeah, you would think so, but apparently not. So, yeah, it wouldn't be surprised. I'm sure Wolves will put some sort of petition in or, you know, there'll be something talked about in the summer when they're making their rule changes. But um, all that to say, Raul goes off. Wolves are still winning 2-0, which, as we know, is the most dangerous score line in soccer. But with a stout defense like Wolves, you would expect them to hold on, but they do not. And they do it in some of the worst fashion I've ever seen. And I think that's why I, that's why this loss, there's multiple, another thing that led this, made this loss so bad is the way they gave up all three goal, goals was just horrendous. There's multiple bad clearances or they're not even clearances on each goal. I mean, it's a circus. It's a damn circus of defending by guys who are, who are great defenders for wolves, Romaine Sice, Willie Bolly. Um, it's Ryan ain't Nuri makes an error on the first one. I mean, it's just, just a mess. And so to see wolves play 50, 60 minutes of excellent football, like the best I've seen all year. And then 30 minutes, 30 minutes of atrocious football was just really hard. It's tough because it's like, the 11 leads guys were better than the 10 wolves guys, you know, it's totally. like kind of what you expect. And you just hate to see a two nil lead go away on a questionable call. Like it'd be one thing if it were like a legit straight red card with no, you know, subjectivity to it, you could accept it a whole lot easier Totally. than being like, we just got bone. And I will say those goals. Wow. The leads goals, <laughs> like Connor Cody made an amazing save on the first one. But he saved it on his own player, Roman Size, who shot it right back on him. Yeah. It was rough. Oh, man. Yeah, it was brutal. A um, couple other things about the match that I do think are noteworthy and will lead to some, some broader discussion that we were talking about. Um, one is the other thing about the first half is I have never, it was like a blockbuster fight. The amount of fouls, the amount of injuries, it was. It was crazy. Uh, Ruben Neves went off with an injury. Um, uh, Bamford's injury. There was a concussion substitution. Leeds made all three of their, or made three substitutions in the first half because of injury. Um, Wolves had a couple. That's why, Tim, before the show, that we were talking about like the Wolves having 
there was 11 extra minutes at the end of the first half. There was eight at the end of the second. And that's why, because there were so many injuries. It was, I mean, the players were all playing so hard. That's where there was kind of these big clattering of bodies. Like the Raul and Melier one is the one that we've spent the most time talking about, but all match. It was just guys hammering each other. And that leads to our second, like, did you know, knowing is half the battle is, did you guys know that if, that if a team gets a concussion substitution, it's a free substitution. So they can, they can get a fourth sub in the game. You guys know that, right? Yeah. But did you know that if that team gets a fourth sub, the opposing team also gets a fourth sub? No, that's news to me. Yeah, so Wolves could make four subs in the match because they, the Leeds was given an extra one with the concussion sub. I didn't realize that either. So Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. That's probably why you don't see, I mean, like, let's be honest about the sport that we're talking about. You, I'm surprised we don't see the concussion injury more frequently to gain that advantage, but that's probably why you don't see it that much. Cause you don't want to give the other team that free sub as well. Yeah. And I think that makes sense. That's probably why they instituted that rule to ensure like, okay, if you just want to add subs, both teams get them. They've thought some of these things through. It's like, it's encouraging to, to see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was probably a rule change made this year after. <laughs> after <laughs> someone abused it. After, after someone... Jurgen Klopp complained about it. <laughs> after Jurgen Klopp complained about someone else abusing it. Exactly. <laughs> about Burnley abusing Burnley, it. Burnley <laughs> 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 Okay. We've spent a lot of time talking about wolves already. I do want to spend just a little bit more time on this match, but focusing on leads because we do have fondness in our hearts toward leads here on the podcast. And with our very own American Jesse Marsh leading the helm, it's very exciting. And with them having two thrilling kind of last minute victories, I just, I was, as I was trying to reflect on this as the host of a premier league podcast, not the host of a wolves fans only podcast. I was just thinking this team is like Ted Lasso believe like, that's what I was imagining, right? Like this team rallying around this American manager coming in, they lost their first one, but they've won two in a row. They've created a lot of gap between them and relegation. Um, is there some American magic that Jesse Marsh is instilling into this club? It's the only explanation. That's it's literally the only explanation. So this is a short segment. Yes. The answer is yes. Let's move on. <laughs> I'll just say it's good to see Leeds playing better. The thing is they didn't that I can't, I can't let that stand. They look like such garbage. They look like it's good to see them enjoying themselves. Yes. Are we we back on the Wolves fan cast? I'm sorry. I must've missed that transition. No, but you can ask anyone. They were very garbage, but it is good to see them getting three points and probably staying up. Yeah. Yeah. To give them more time to play well and look great. Seeing Leeds players despondent this year has been so confusing to, to my heart. 
Yeah. You know, like we got used to them being so joyful and exuberant and they're likable. It's a likable yeah. bunch. Yeah. Well, let's move on. There was another thrilling win that may have saved another team season. Uh, Everton in the midweek, they had a goal that they scored at the last second. Um, and probably, probably saved their season. Did you guys see it? Yeah. And they did it down a man too. That's what's crazier. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I still am of the, of the ilk of wanting to see Everton go down, but I don't know that there's, there's a gap now down there at the bottom that I don't know if it's going to be, if, if we're going to see a big change in those bottom three now. Yeah. Cause they've, you know, they've got a couple of games in hand over the yep. other guys. Uh, Burnley still has the same amount of games in hand, but they're four points back of them. So nope. the, it would be a hurdle for Burnley or Watford to get out of there and jump them. But yeah, I'm not sure Everton can get much higher than 17th. I mean, I guess they can. They, with, they've got three games in hand on Leeds and Brentford, who have both been playing better. But um, they do still have a tough little run of fixtures, so nothing is impossible. But uh, but definitely that that win gives them a little bit of breathing room. Yeah, and I, I didn't see the, the match, obviously, as that worked, but you know, they, they scored in the 99th minute yeah. and the game went into like the 110th minute. Like what happened? In, did someone get murdered on the pitch and they added 37 minutes to clean up the body and get it off the field? Like what happened? I didn't see it either. Actually. I didn't watch. I too was working, which usually <laughs> means I can be watching the game more than I can <laughs> at home, but I did not see that one. Tim and I might have been watching Champions League. That yeah, might, uh, we probably had another game on on our two screens. We had we had we we're maxed out at two games. We we're maxed out. Yeah. <laughs> but I I feel like the relegation zone is set. That's my that's my hot take. It's not that hot. It's a lukewarm take. <laughs> lukewarm. Watford, Burnley, and Norwich—they're going to be the ones going down. I think Everton and Leeds both have more talent than those squads below them. And they and the numbers are working in their favor. I just think, I think they're safe. I think you're right, but Everton, who clearly has the most talent of these squads down here, in my opinion, they've sucked all season. So <laughs> this is also true. Why, why, why would we have any faith in them now, other than they just won a match against the 14th place team, and we're like, oh, they're safe. But again, I think we're, I, it's not that we have a lot of faith in them, but like, look at who's behind them and, <laughs> and like the points per, per match ratio. Yeah. Like who, who of those are going to start averaging more than one point per match below them. Right. They've got to start averaging you know, two points a match or something. Yeah. yeah that seems what, unlikely. That's where you even look at like Leeds getting two wins in a row, Brentford winning two of three, those six points. Yeah, create so much space. You really feel like if Everton win another match in the next in the next few, they'll they'll be in really good shape. But they've got a tough they've got a tough little run ahead. So we'll see. 
Well, back to the top of the table, uh, the North London teams, Arsenal and Tottenham are uh, solidifying their European places. Arsenal, though they had a tough 2-0 defeat to Liverpool, um, came out and had had a good 1-0 win over Aston Villa. Tottenham won two games over the week, two, 2-0 two uh, over Brighton and 3-1 over West Ham, which certainly is the, the more impressive of the two, two victories. Um, what do you guys think? These Are these Arsenal locked in at four? Is Tottenham going to stay up there in five? Does Tottenham have a chance to get in top four? Hmm. Tim, you start this one. Uh, I'd feel much more comfortable being Arsenal right now. I just think where they're sitting, there's still there's still a lot of they're gonna they're gonna be nervous, right? They've got Champions League within their sights. They haven't been there in a while. When the season started, it certainly didn't look like they were gonna be anywhere near that. Um, but it just feels. I mean, I don't know that that's a crowd that's a crowded space right beneath them. I mean, Tottenham and United are basically for all intents and purposes, neck and neck at five and six. And um, so, I mean, I, if I were Tottenham, I'd be really, really nervous. I think Arsenal, I think Arsenal will be in Europe, whether it's in champions league or, or uh, Europa. Yeah. Tottenham United West Ham. Oh, it's, it's so hard. I mean, West Ham now is a little bit behind, but um, I still think Arsenal will finish fourth. And then I really don't know what to think about fifth. The other thing that, that adds a different dynamic to this as well is that all three of those teams, um, Arsenal, Tottenham, and Man- Manchester United all play each other. Yeah. I, I don't know if – I don't, actually don't know if United and – I don't know if United and Tottenham play each other, but uh, Ars- Arsenal, Arsenal plays – Arsenal does not play Tottenham. They no, are. Arsenal does play Tottenham. That's one of the games that hasn't been rescheduled. So Arsenal oh, plays Tottenham. Arsenal plays United. I'm curious about if I don't know if United and and Tottenham play each other. They just played. Oh, they just played. Yeah, that's right. Well, it was three to United. It was the uh, oh, that's right. That was a hat trick. Yeah, that's right. So that's a big that's a big victory as far as that the head to head goes, but. But the fact that United plays Arsenal and Tottenham still play Arsenal mean that they both have a chance to to make up ground there. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to like look at schedules and think in my head <laughs> like where everyone can finish. Um, I just you just don't know what you're gonna get out of United from week to week. So uh, you know, they don't have the hardest of runs because they've got Leicester, Everton, Norwich, Norwich after uh, this little break here. And then they've got Liverpool, Arsenal as and Chelsea down the stretch surrounded by, you know, Brentford, Brighton. So it's not a tough schedule to finish the year for United, which makes me feel better. But they've struggled against just about everybody this year. So it's not like you can take any sort of comfort and be like, oh, good, the schedule eases up because this is like a club who usually plays to their opponent. And so it's like playing a, a weaker opponent, they play weaker. Playing a stronger opponent, they play weaker. So, uh, <laughs> you know, 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, I would love it if United could get back into that top four. I just, I have no idea if they can. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Well, we had a thin slate of games over the weekend because FA Cup quarterfinals took place. The last two championship teams were eliminated. Middlesbrough lost to Chelsea. And Nottingham Forest put up a good fight against Liverpool, Tim. You had yeah, to they, nervous. For sure, yeah. They put up a really good fight. Um, it was a tough game. And, I mean, kudos to, kudos to Nottingham Forest. Did I you don't have find, much more to say about it. But. Did you find some of that, that hatred that's, that's built into the, the Liverpool uh, history? Did, did any of that just naturally spew out of you during the game? I, I was watching it at home, and so the, like, the profane chants were kept to a minimum. Uh, I feel like if I had been, in the, Katie, if I'd been at the only, pub. Katie only did a couple. Yeah, yeah. So – um, so no, not a lot came to the surface, but I was very much aware of, aware of that history. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So the FA cup semis are set, uh, crystal palace plays Chelsea and Liverpool plays city. Mm. Tim Liverpool's April is oh. brutal. Tell us about it. Yeah, it's, it's brutal. I mean, so we've got, we were joking before um, about like Liverpool could have played city four times in April if they had drawn them in champions league, but here's, here's the lineup. So um, in champions league, we've got Benfica home and away on the fifth and the 13th Um, in FA cup, just three days after that Benfica game, we've got city and then in the Premier League during the month, we've got Watford at home. So, okay, we'll take that. Then we've got City away, which is huge. Yeah. We've got United at home. And then we've got the Merseyside Derby at home, which again, like Everton's garbage right now, but all bets are off when it's a Derby. And then close out the month at Newcastle. That's... <laughs> That's a really dicey month. Um, I mean, if there's any if if there's any takeaway that's like encouraging, it's how well we played against Arsenal at Arsenal. Like that was that was a real test, right? That should have been that's a game that could have easily been lost, right, by a very good team because Arsenal I think played well. Um, but man, this this is a rough a rough month, and I just wonder too. Like we think of these these concentrations of games happening in December and January. And this season has been different for sure. There's just been with rearranged schedules, there's been a lot more congestion, but like what a busy month of April this late in the season. And, you know, with we got Trent out, Salah's got a foot injury. I'm just getting nervous with kind of like how thin are we going to be by, by the time we get to, let's just say that FA cup semifinal in the middle of the month or United after that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you would look at that schedule and think, Oh man, like Liverpool's done as far as the race with city goes, like, how are they going to keep up with that? 
but City themselves don't have an easy run of fixtures. No, they don't. City, City's April. They're at Burnley, which I don't know what Burnley's like for City, but they suck for us. <laughs> and and <laughs> Liverpool too. That's playing at Turf Moor against Burnley is not an easy match. Tough game, but, yeah. But then they then they have Atletico Madrid. They host which, <laughs> which is we we lucked out in our draw. I mean, Atletico is a really, really, really tough team. Yeah, that's that's going to be tough. So they've got and it'll be a wild game. They're home. They're home to Atletico, home to Liverpool. Then they're at Atletico. Then they host Liverpool in the FA Cup semis. Then they go to Wolves. Now that one's postponed. It looks. Oh, like it, it it is. I see it here. It shows up as postponed. Oh, okay. I was just looking on City's website. There was another oh. we Liverpool too had an Aston Villa match that's postponed. I think it's because of of because the, of the FA Cup semis. Yeah, yeah I think those okay. got postponed. So then they they host Brighton and Watford, and then go to Leeds to round out April. So I, that that Wolves match made it a little heavier for me. But if that's getting postponed, then yeah. it's still it's still brutal that they're basically alternating between Atletico and Liverpool. Yeah, for, it, over over two weeks for sure less than than two weeks their first champions league match is on the fifth and then that fa cups semis will be on the 16th so in 11 days they play atletico twice and liverpool twice well and it'll it'll be interesting to watch too because what what pep has accomplished in the premier league is incredible i mean just i don't know how many how many league titles they've won um and some different cups and stuff but he has he has not won champions league with city yet and this is like a very long tenure for Pep to stay in one place. So you have to feel like we're closer to the end of it than the beginning. And it just feels like he's got to face so much pressure to win Europe. Mm-hmm. That's what they, that's, yeah. that's what they brought him to do. And he hasn't done it yet. So I guess my little bit of hope is that they'll put all their eggs in that basket, but, uh, but even their, their B team is, phenomenal so uh so we'll see but it's yeah it's it'll be a wild month it will be a wild month i wanted to ask you guys one other thing did either of you see the 3d point of view imagery graphics I don't even know the way to describe it that NBC sports has started. I did not. Do you guys see this? No. They started, it's like a computer generated version of the, like a replay. And they did it twice in some of the replay in the replays and like the recaps, but essentially they create this, it's kind of bad graphics to be honest, but it's a computer generated version of a play and then they choose a player and give you their point of view of the play. So it was, uh, Emmy Martinez. Gosh, which I can't remember what goal it was, but so it was from Emmy Mart. Oh, it was just the one goal that Saka scored for Arsenal. They did it from Emmy Martinez's point of view. And so they, they run the whole play and then they switch to his point of view and you see all these players in his line of sight. 
Kasaka puts a good strike on it and it goes in the corner, but probably is savable. But Martinez reacts late. And so they're using this technology to be able to show you like, what's this player seeing during this play? It's cheesy looking, but it's really helpful for like understanding like what is maybe going on. Oh, the other one they did was for Harry Kane's assist to Sun. I think on the second goal, I think on, on Sun's second goal of, of the match over the weekend against West Ham. And they showed like what, what Kane was seeing and what pass he was making to get like this through ball to, to Sonny. It was pretty cool. You guys will have to go back and check out those, hi- those highlights. It's, it's a really cool technology. Sounds great. Well, for red cards, uh, we've already talked. There was a red card? Yeah, we've already talked ad nauseum about Raul's double yellow, his second double yellow of the year, which we also talked about uh, his insanity that's overtaken him. Um, But Tim, you wanted to give out a personal red card, which matches with our hair watch. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, I, I think I would actually give it first a yellow card and then I would go to VAR and I would upgrade it to a red. Well, that's kind because, of what Chris did, right? Chris yeah. kind of did that when, when you had sent this right, to us. Right. Yeah. So we were watching the highlights from uh, before we started uh, watching the highlights from uh, um, Wolves Leeds and particularly the Raul card and then saw uh, Jack Harrison's celebration after was that their first goal to, yes, to go yes. two one i think and um so my goodness i paused it on this frame where i saw a haircut that a white man should never have it is so bad it's and then so then chris watches it and he sees the other side of his head and sees nothing wrong so it's like he's on the one side of his head let me let me pull up the pick here uh, so on the right side of his head he's got just a normal fade and on the left side, he's got, I don't know how to describe it. It's like an arch, an arch fade. No, I mean, it's not even a fade. It's just buzz cut, a very wide berth around his ear, complete buzz cut, and then just like triangular half moon. And then it looks like there's kind of some like a light, lightning bolts or something in there. It's a really unfortunate haircut. So red card. Sorry, Jack. Oh, I love it. It is pretty bad. Maybe, maybe, yeah, I don't know. He he needs to go the uh the Paul Pogba route for a while and think about <laughs> what he's done. <laughs> Prepare for the World Cup. Well, without a lot of games, there weren't a ton of goals scored, but there were some pretty good ones. Um, James Madison scored on a set piece, very James Ward Prousey if you will. Uh, I mean, the, the amount of skill that it takes, he's just outside the 18 yard box. There's a wall 10 yards away or whatever the rule is. And for him to be, or 10 feet, I don't know. What is it? 10 feet, 10 yards. I don't actually know how far away they draw that line. Stu, we need a, we need it's another gotta be further, Stu. It's gotta be further than 10 feet. It feels yeah. like, but I'm pretty sure it's 10 yards, 10 yards. Yeah, That sounds right. Yeah, so he's outside the 18-yard box. They're just inside the 18-yard box. And the the skill it takes to get it up and down and into the corner, I mean, just a remarkable goal. So 
that was impressive. Uh, Leicester uh, had, I think, maybe their first goal of the game. Uh, Castagna, he scored one that's one of my favorite goals to watch where it looks like it's just always rising. Like he kicks it also from pretty deep and it's just right. It, I think it does actually curl in the end and kind of curl into the upper right corner, but the way it looks from the angle, it just looks like it's straight and always going up. That was those, those were probably my two favorite goals of, of the week. Well, let's jump into lock it in review. Uh, Tim had a very rare loss. He Oof. took Newcastle over Everton. Uh, that drops him to 21 and eight. I thought I was going to make up some ground for about 60 minutes because I took Wolves over Leeds and those hopes were brutally dashed. I dropped to 17 and 12. Hmm. And with Chris picking Liverpool over Arsenal, Ooh. he moves to 16 and 13, a nice. game yeah. behind me. A game behind me. So, um, Chris, which which match are you picking to to draw even with me? Yeah, I I actually I'm pretty sure that's the first time all season where I have picked a winner and you guys have not. So <laughs> probably I'm relish in the glory of this moment. Thank you to the Liverpoolians for winning their match um, this week. I am going with the Chelsonians over the Brentfords and uh, hopefully you guys lose again. <laughs> uh, I am taking West Ham over Everton. I still don't believe in Everton. Um, <laughs> even though West Ham hasn't been in the greatest run of form, I will take them at home over Everton. Tim. I'm going Arsenal over Palace. I like it. little London Derby for you. Palace has been feisty lately. I know. I didn't I didn't feel yeah. good about this pick, but well, the thing that we should probably mention is that a lot of the easy picks are all in relegation zone. So we yep. couldn't touch those games. Like so yep. we couldn't yep. touch, you know, Man City. I think Liverpool's playing someone in the relegation zone too. So um yeah. yeah. It's a good week for Chris to gain some ground. Let's go, Chelsonians. Well, with those kind of lopsided games, um, I think there's or potentially lopsided games with Liverpool and City playing Burnley and Norwich, respectively. There aren't that many games, at least to me, that are interesting um, from a Premier League standpoint. We have a West Midlands derby with Wolves Lee, uh, Aston Villa, which will be a feisty affair for sure. And then probably United Leicester city being the other match that, that I think could be a hard fought, hard fought match. Yeah. I think this is kind of one of those weeks where it's <clears throat> the battle of relegation is more interesting than anything else out there with Liverpool playing Watford um, and then Burnley and Man City, not looking good for those squads down there, but Norwich gets Brighton. And, you know, possibly see some points there. Everton's got a tough matchup against West Ham. So kind of a keep your eye on the relegation zone weekend, if you ask me. Yeah. And there, I mean, I guess there is 
you know, you have, you have Newcastle who's been, who had been playing pretty well. They've lost two in a row. They're playing Tottenham. Um, and I think Leicester City's interesting. They've won three of their last four um, and, and face United who you don't know what you're going to get week to week. So those are, those are the games that I'm most interested in, but not next weekend, but the following weekend, because we have international break gentlemen, which means there is no podcast next week. Uh, there is soccer. However, there's some world cup qualifying for the Americans. Um, will you guys be watching, watching any of that? If I remember, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Same. Yeah. Very much. Yes. I want to. And then they'll sneak up on me. Well, it's Mexico USA on Thursday. Big one. So that is for sure one that, that you should be uh, at least attempting to remember. (laughs) You have my word. I will attempt. You will attempt, attempt to. Yeah. I mean, they're they're on quite a run of, I mean, was it last, it was last year. They had just one tournament to the next incredible games. Just the rivalry is great. And the U S is, is ascendant. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. It's a big, it's a big week. Uh, United States plays three times over this international break. They have Mexico on the 24th. That's this Thursday. Then on Sunday, they play Panama, they host Panama, and then they go to Costa Rica uh, the following Wednesday. So it should be, it should be a big, big week or big couple weeks for, for us men's national team. Canada's running away with the group right now. They're four points it, up. I was about to uh, say, it's so weird that they're in first. I know. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll see us and Mexico are tied. Us has got the, got a little lead on them um, with goal differential, but, but those are, those are three tough matches for, for us. You know, you've got the, arguably the the best team in mexico traditionally in concacaf and then you've got the teams four and five in the table so it's not going to be it's it really probably these these three matches will will determine like if us is going to qualify which yeah, is would, there is there one more round after this this I, is the final round I think one, two, three, four, five. Oh, this is, yeah. So yes, it yeah. certainly will determine because <laughs> after these three matches, uh, we'll know. So it's a tough, it's a tough, tough stretch for us. So and we've had some, all three they're in. Well, yep, for sure. But we've had some tough injuries too. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but we do have an American watch segment, but no, we are not a U.S. men's national team podcast so we will leave it there have a spinoff for the world cup i feel like we might need to yeah maybe i this would be the first the the world cup the world cup was the inspiration for this podcast so um we've never had a world cup during the podcast the world cup this year is in december so it's mid premier league so maybe we'll have to see how 
how up for it we're feeling if we need like a couple week break or a month break of the pod, but I guess I'm pretty sure we'll do some, we'll do some, uh, some special editions, follow some premier league players, follow the U S men's national team, follow our respective nationalities. If we want to, <laughs> I'm always partial to Italy countries. We may have been born in or lived in or have ancestors from, <laughs> totally all right gentlemen well enjoy your uh break your international break we don't get to travel i'm not traveling during international break tim you're tim and i are both traveling traveling right after it (laughs) yeah tim and i are both traveling right after international break but not during that's right i'll be here just watching the suns there you go (laughs) All right, gentlemen. Well, with that, Glazers out. Kevin Friend. Adios. Out.